What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. Educational series, product onboarding, upsell sequences. Regardless of where you look in your funnel, there's marketing emails to be audited. Like any investigation, an email audit combines thorough observations, deductive reasoning, and extra points for style and bold decisions. Our hope with this three-part series on email audits is that you can add another feather in your detective hat. Whether you're consulting and want to offer email audits as a service, or you're in-house and you want to level up your company's email game, we're going to cover research and questions you should ask yourself before the audit, what to look for in your actual audit, and tips and tactics on what improvements you should suggest uh, with your email audit. So today's first episode is going to be on uh, before the audit, and the main takeaway for this episode is users have ideal paths to discovering your product or service. Understand these moments deeply and use email to guide users along this path. So as I mentioned, part one is going to be before the audit today. Um, part two next week is going to be on the email audit itself. And uh, in two weeks, we're going to have a final episode on email audits, specifically around experimentations, segmentation ideas, and improvements that you can test. I love this. I love this topic, Phil. Uh, email automation is uh, like one of those things that just can easily spin out of control and require deep analysis. And so often, like in my consulting or in-house career, these things like email automation, onboarding programs, whatever you want to call them, nurtures, people set them and forget them. And then like years later, you discover like, oh, this is the process that we do. Like, this is how we send emails to our to our users. Um, I know this is super near and dear to your heart. So so walk us through this a little bit. Yeah, um, completely agree. Great, great user onboarding, great like email onboarding. I think like across the board in companies, like everyone uses email in, in different ways. And before we talk about like the actual email campaigns and, and email onboarding, I wanted to chat about like understanding users and what actually encompasses like great email onboarding for your users. Um, and, and this is something that I've, I've thought about uh, deeply recently. So um I love this idea that like great user onboarding with email consists of guiding or helping users through a series of these aha moments. And they interact with your product and your brand throughout these moments. Users receive what um, we call units of values for each step that they gain confidence in your product's ability to complete their jobs to be done. This is the core thesis of uh, onboarding users through email. And um, yeah, like in, in a product-led company, this needs to be corroborated by like product and UX, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think this is like, there's two things that jump out of my head is like, is is developing these wow moments and mapping these things out. Like irrespective of the content that you want to write, I think like great user onboarding doesn't start with the content, it starts with the context. And, and context needs to be closely coordinated with product and UX teams. Like if you're, if you're talking like in the context that we're, we're kind of talking about is this idea of like the SaaS, the SaaS onboarding experience, whether it's a freemium product or otherwise, if you're choosing to use email to help kind of onboard folks, understanding what those like those key moments are in the path, um, first of all, gives you like a really strong sense of 
what should I write? What should what is the context on day six of this person's experience with the product, and coordinating uh, co coordinating with them? But also really important for measurement. Like, are you being successful with your emails? Open rates and click rates are 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 only one part of the story. Mm -hmm. The other part, which is a little bit more, I'm smiling, but a little bit more cheeky is, isn't email dead anyways, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it alive now? I, think, I, I don't remember. I think we covered that in, in a couple episodes already. <laughs> yeah, 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 I always have to ask myself. Email is totally dead. Like, ask anyone in, in marketing, and it's uh, the channel that they use the least. Uh, they, they, they don't care about owning that audience. No, obviously, uh, email is uh, alive and well, and we're we're huge fans of it here. Um, I'll I'll walk you through some examples of of aha moments, and maybe we can illustrate like how we can use email onboarding to to guide users to to those steps. Uh, one company I, I dived into a little bit to to illustrate this as an example is uh, ConvertKit. ConvertKit is a email newsletter tool. So um, I've thought about this uh, at some point too. Like maybe Humans of Martech uh, also has a newsletter. Um, that we send out weekly and blah, blah, blah. And so like tools like ConvertKit allow you to create that newsletter and, and create an audience. But when I was going through like discovering ConvertKit and like newsletter tools, there's a lot of uh, aha moments or moments of delight that kind of happened way before you even start a free trial of the product. So like a couple of examples are a close friend uh, recommends ConvertKit as the ideal place to start my newsletter. Or maybe I have a quick read through uh, Google to see like um, ConvertKit starting guides and I find Backlinko's guide to ConvertKit and I get a really good sense of what the product can do. Um, maybe I'm able to finally go um, on, on the site, sign up and import my subscribers from MailChimp. Like boom, that's a moment of aha. I'm able to connect my first sign up form and connect it to my WordPress site. Like boom, that's another aha moment. I watch a 20 minute video tutorial on advanced automations. I successfully connect like blah, blah, blah. Like there's these series of steps in this journey um, that someone might take way before they even um, enter your funnel and you're able to start emailing them. Yeah. And I think these wow moments build off of like, there's a couple things in there that you said that, that were like big, big times. Yes. I was nodding my head as you're talking. I'm able to quickly sign up and import my subscribers from MailChimp. I'm able to set up and connect to my WordPress site. So this, th these aha moments are tied directly to a pain point, right? And no matter what product you're, you have, people have had a, some kind of pain point or some sort of problem statement that they need to resolve in order to be successful with your product. That's what led them to discover you first, right? Like your friend didn't recommend ConvertKit because you were sitting there talking about hockey. You're talking about building an online marketing uh, point. So I think that's super important. Aha moments are tied to pain points. As, as, as marketers, martechers, we, we really need to understand these pain points. Absolutely. I think one of the main roles um, that email onboarding should be doing is demonstrating how your product is solving these users' pain points. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, like great email onboarding convinces users to stick around and it boosts overall engagement and retention. But um, some of the other things email onboarding should be used to do uh, other than demonstrating how your product solves users' pains is telling the company's story. Um, this is something that a lot of companies kind of like quickly fly by. They assume that people that sign up went through the whole homepage, they clicked on the about page and they get like who the company is and what their story is. But that's rarely the case. And that first welcome email is a good opportunity to tell that story and strike some emotional chords with your users. Um, answering questions and objections 
objections, like figuring out like, oh, but I have this other tool that I'm using, or I need to import my existing subscribers from another tool, like figuring those out and answering questions along the way. Um, we talked about like nudging users to specific moments of delight. Um, that's something that we dived super deep into when, when I was at Clipfolio is this term called common conversion actions. And mm -hmm. these are super cool. We talked about like chatting with the product team and the UX team, like looking at people who successfully converted in a cohort and figuring out what were those conversion actions that led to those successful um, outcomes. And you can like reverse engineer them and, you know, in, in convert flow or in convert kits case, um, it might be as simple as like importing subscribers, connecting a form to your website, and then like successfully um, integrating like your or launching your first newsletter, right? Like there's there's a lot of different ways that um, email onboarding should be used to do. Maybe um, you can point to, to some of the email onboarding ways uh, or some of the ways email onboarding should not be used. Yeah, well, and I wanted to add one more thing about email overall, which is... Uh, it's funny. It kind of came to me as we were, as you were talking. Is like e email on onboarding should also be thought of as a brand. Like you said, tell the company story. Let's double down on that a little bit. Like there's a branding element that's here, right? Your subject lines and your preview text are often shown. Like if you're in Gmail, you can see this, right? And you can see the sender information. If we're in social media land, we care about impressions, right? I hear this all the time. Like, oh yeah, like how many impressions did this get? If you run, you know, advertising, you're talking about impressions. How many impressions did I get? Well, if somebody subscribed to your email and you're in their inbox, every email gives you an impression. And you want to make sure that you carefully craft your story and your brand, even if they don't open the email, um, that, that it helps reinforce that decision or, or reinforce your brand story. So just want to make that point as well. But like, the common mistakes on email on onboarding as being used as an extension of your sales team, like buy, 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 buy. Where's the buy button in the email? Like that's the last thing that that I think you should be doing with emails. Um, like sending re repetitive calls to action, right? Confusing calls to action, right? Like keep it simple, keep it straight. Every email has a sing singular purpose. Like sending out these these emails with this laundry list of, of links and actions is a great way to make people think, oh, you know, I don't want to do all this. This looks like a lot of work. And I would say like, <laughs> depending on your brand, like really picking a brand voice that is appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish. Like getting these cold and impersonal emails. If you're, you know, if you're a ConvertKit, like you're using ConvertKit to set up a newsletter, modern newsletters. You know, I joked about email being dead, but it's, I, if anything, I feel like email is getting a massive revival right now because we're running into the era of one to one to many emails. Like it's it's not brands that are sending these these emails and being as so successful and reinvigorating it. It's, it's individuals. And I think that authenticity piece is super critical. And onboarding that just makes you feel like, hey, I'm a, you know, dear user, complete set of actions, X, Y, Z, so that I can measure these conversion actions, report out to my team and have success. Thank you for being part of my success trajectory. And like, that's the last thing that anybody wants to get in their email inbox. They want to feel like you personally give a give a shit about them and, and want to help them be successful with, with the product and the experience that they're going to have. Oh man, you've got me fired up, JT. Uh, I love the authority piece that, or the authenticity piece that you just touched on. We'll, uh, we'll dive super deep into that in the, the second part of this when we dive into the actual email audit and what to look for and the confirmation email and your and your welcome email. Um, something that you touched on that I want to dive uh, deeper into is um, customer pain points, like understanding your users. So when you're you're being tasked with auditing marketing emails, you're either working in-house for that company 
maybe you're a consultant um, freelancing um, some of these email audits. And so the depending on what role you have, like you'll have different access to um, existing customer research. But before diving into any email audit, it's super important to get into your user's headspace. And like I mentioned, this the content or the data available to you differs, right? And like uh, often when you're contracting, you won't have a ton of access to, to this data. So in spite of like the lack of customer research and interviews and maybe jobs to be done insights there there's a lot of places um, as a freelancer or contractor that you can spend to to get a bit more understanding of who your your users are your customers are so hopefully like in-house like you you have access to some of this stuff but let's assume maybe you're a marketer super fresh startup and there's no existing customer research done um Here's a couple of spots to, to check out to, to get familiar with your customer's language. So review sites on G2 or Captera, um, those, those are really cool spots to get a sense of the language that customers are using when they're talking about the product. They will often mention pain points that the product is solving, but you often see an, a stark contrast between the language and the copy that a customer or a company is using on their homepage and what customers are actually using to describe the product or to describe the jobs to be done that the product is doing. So there's a lot of cool insights on, on review sites. Um, another one I like to do similarly to, to, to that is searching on Twitter. Um, I'm a huge Twitter fan, but like just searching for the company, um, finding threads or areas where other folks on Twitter are talking about the product or, or the company can get you some cool insights. My favorite one, though, is probably tutorials on getting started. I mentioned that as one of the aha moments that I had with ConvertKit. When I Googled like ConvertKit guides, um, I got Backlinko's guide right away, and they have like a huge ConvertKit um, introduction and overview of the product. That's really my favorite way of getting started with a product is like hearing actually from the community, hearing from experts that have maybe made a living off of ConvertKit and are telling me their stories, how they did it. Maybe it's like video tutorials or whatever. There's bunch of YouTube videos on there. But yeah, these are all like really good spots to give you a sense of the language used, what problems are trying to be solved and like what steps users are taking to basically hire this company for a specific jobs to be done. Yeah. And I think like grounding yourself back into, okay, you've been tasked with doing an email audit or you feel like there's a need to do that email audit. You have to, you have to always put yourself in the user's perspective and having the context there is so critically important. That's why I, I, I hammer home the point all the time, which is you got to understand the pain point prior to them even thinking about your, your, your solution. Like, I don't know about you, but like when it comes to B2B software, like I don't go out and actively seek a piece of software until like I'm so frustrated with a problem um, that I need to go f figure it out. You know, if I was going to do something like a convert kit, I would be frustrated that like, you know, I, I don't have a good way to, to manage my newsletter subscribers or it's too expensive to do it the way that I, that I was thinking of or I'm doing it in Excel or some other janky setup. And then I'm going to come to convert kit and be like, oh man, like, I want to monetize my newsletter. How do I have a pro style process that I don't have to think think so much about? And under like I love that point around language. Like you you want to fit in with your users' uh, context and the problem that they're trying to solve. 
and forcing like like another mistake I see is forcing your internal language onto somebody else. Like you to develop develop your own proprietary like way of talking about something. Align yourself with what they're they're using for language. Don't care about what you want it to be. You're not going to change the universe unless you're you're Apple. Um, so instead, stay stay to to what they're talking about. Yeah, another way to see pain points, uh, like some folks call this the, the jobs to be done framework, right? And like mm-hmm. um, users that are signing up for ConvertKit are probably because they want to grow their personal brands or they want to grow their site or their business, right? Not because they want an email marketing tool. For, for sure, like some folks will have that immediate pain point and will have like specific search queries, but like the main jobs to be done uh, when when you're kind of looking through the review sites of ConvertKit that were highlighted um, were things like, how do I build an email list? How do I send automated email reminders? Um, how do I sell products or services online? Like how do I build a personal brand or start an audience? Like those are all predominant themes around like the, the jobs to be done. And um, one of the other cool things that you can do by looking at review sites and looking at all these tutorials is getting a sense of the categories of use cases that your users are, are doing, right? Like when I worked at Clipfolio, Clipfolio is fascinating because there's so many use cases and vertical segmentation uh, applications of the product, right? Like it's a dashboard tool can be used by like a ton of different roles and functions. Close, like my company that I joined after was a lot more niche, like a CRM automation tool for sales teams. So a lot less applicable vertical segmentation there. So that's like mm-hmm. something that's super fascinating in, in the email space when you're auditing this, like uh, we'll get into this in part three, but like segmentation opportunities, like diving into all those like use cases is is a really cool part of yeah. this process. Yeah. And I, I like, there's a sub point here that I want to make, which is, you know, our podcast is called Humans of Martech. And I think like we have a very Martech centric focus on what we do, like the technology. But here's the thing, right? Like an application of technology is how you be super successful in your career as a Martech human. And for for us in, in this space, like you might be an, you know, operations manager, or director of operations tasked with you know, deeply analyzing, thinking through your email programs, you, you're going to have to bring your marketing brain to some of these discussions. You're going to have to bring your empathy and your compassion to understand what these segmentations and categories mean. You have to understand a bit of positioning. And I think this is so cool, right? Because, you know, the second you start to understand your audience, you can start to write email content or, you know, architect email programs that make sense for them, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, saying, oh, my, my audience is millennials. Like that's the most useless thing that you could possibly say. But saying my, my audience is millennial indie hackers who are looking to set up newsletter programs to grow their, their small but uh, vital business then I start to have a sense of what do they look like? You know, what do they, where do they hang out? What language are they going to use? Can I use, you know, GIFs or memes in my, in my email communications? Or, you know, like uh, you mentioned Clipfolio a few times, like data is so serious, right? Like I would never dream of sending, you know, goofy, goofy ass memes and GIFs like I do like on our personal Slack threads that we, we talk about. Like we want to be appropriate to what people are doing. And I think as a MarTech human, you just you you always have to be thinking compassionately and thinking about the context of, of what your end user or your customer is thinking. Absolutely, I love I love that a lot. Um, 
Yeah, maybe we can kind of wrap up on this. Uh, part two is going to dive into the the audit itself. Like we wanted to take a bit of time to to chat about like understanding uh, email onboarding and, and the users that you're basically going to be building emails for. So like understanding those those pain points and precisely like figuring out when customers experience them in their journey is, is super cool. But we just chatted about like figuring out the predominant themes around like categories of, of users and use cases. Like when I dived into ConvertKit, like it, it was really cool, like four buckets of, of users that I kind of played around with. There's like an artist bucket of designers, filmmakers, and photographers that are probably going to be building like very visual newsletters. So actually like don't know like how that would work in ConvertKit because they're actually like predominantly known for text-based newsletters or very low light HTML level, but there's like athletes, coaches, and influencers, marketers, bloggers, podcasters, and then like a whole other categories of like YouTubers, streamers, musicians that are using like different mediums of, of content. So like all of those like groups of people are a going to have different pain points, but they're also going to have different um, common conversion actions that are going to lead to moments of delight in in their early like newsletter building journey. Um, so those are all things that you only figure out once you dive really deep into those user journeys. So if you're ever auditing marketing emails, uh, keep an eye on that. And um, yeah, part two next week is going to dive into the email audit itself, uh, specifically what you should be looking for in the confirmation email and the welcome email and we'll chat about like how not to sell too early catch you guys next time